Hi. Welcome to this episode on the subreddit r slash malicious compliance. Please enjoy. This story harkens back to the ye olden days when Blockbuster and Hollywood Video were the things to do on a family-friendly Friday and cell phones were still something most people didn't really consider necessary aka the 90s. I took a job at a video store near my house. It was a small family-owned store with three different branches in town. The job was wonderful. I loved movies and games. It was close to my residence and school. I even got free video rentals and a discount from the sub shop next door. The video store was located in a beautiful old building from the 1920s. It had marble stairs and a really amazing cage elevator that lead up to the storage and employee lounge. The job was perfect for me. The hours were flexible, and the pay was decent but the one drawback to this was my supervisor, let's call her Amanda. Because that was her name. Seriously, screw Amanda. Amanda was on the older side and seemed to not be content with how her life had turned out. As a result, she took all of her frustrations out on anyone she could. Especially those people whom she worked with who happened to be younger. If you were a college student like myself, you earned a special extra helping of disdain from her. I mean really, how dare you to decide to actually have aspirations of making more than $7.50 an hour. While I'm generally fairly tolerant of people like Amanda, she really went the extra mile to annoy me as much as humanly possible. She was bitter, mean, and petty, and did anything and everything she could to just be plain unpleasant. She wasn't even nice to customers. The only upside to this attitude was that she didn't let Karen customers get away with their Karenness. I might have been able to take more if she happened to be particularly knowledgeable or good at her job. She was neither and only appeared to have the job because of good old nepotism. She was the daughter-in-law of the owner. She knew nothing about movies, or games, gaming systems, or anything we rented or sold. When a customer had a question, she would pawn them off on another employee. When she had a problem with the computers, whom did she call to fix it? Me. When there was a delivery that needed to be checked into the system, whom did she call? Me. When did stock need to be dragged up to the stock room? That'd be me again. Any unpleasant task that came up, she would always try to give it to me. Generally, she hid in the back watching TV or talking on the phone, which did tie up the store's landline for literally hours, or doing anything and everything she could to avoid doing her actual job. When I brought up Amanda to Ken, the owner, he simply sighed and gave a pained look and asked me to just try to bear with it and stay out of her way if I could. I got the distinct impression that Ken didn't much care for her either but she was his daughter-in-law. He did his best to try to make sure I wasn't scheduled to work with her but at least once a week, I had to work with this paragon of kindness and light. One day, I was on the phone with a customer discussing the late fees on their account when Amanda wanted to make a call. This resulted in Amanda ripping me a new one in front of an entire store of people, it was a Saturday and we were packed to the rafters. She was yelling so loudly that the woman on the phone asked me if we were being robbed and whether she should call the police. Before I could answer, Amanda yanked the phone out of my hand and slammed it into the cradle, you are never ever to be on that phone, you understand me? While I was desperately aching to headbutt her, I bit my tongue, took a deep breath, and counted to 10. When that didn't work, I counted to 20, then 50. Instead of telling her, I hoped that she'd be ravaged by rabid wolverines, I simply smiled and said, all right. This seemed to annoy her even more than if I'd gotten angry. She stormed back to the office and I took a stream of customers, all of whom asked me if I was okay and one offered suggestions on how to dispose of a body. I appreciated the suggestions but I had plenty of my own ideas and while evisceration with a pair of rusty safety scissors might be a fulfilling immediate solution, it probably wasn't good for my lifetime goals, 
unless those goals involved a jail cell and becoming overly acquainted by a thick woman with one eyebrow named Big Betty. Instead, I checked it off in my big book of voodoo curses and hoped I would have a chance to pay Amanda back for her thoughtful gesture of embarrassing me in front of half of the metropolitan area. Still, there were a few more pieces to be laid out for my malicious compliance and Amanda wouldn't disappoint me. The next piece came, perhaps a month later. I had been at work for about 7 hours of my 9-hour shift and had only seen Amanda once and that had been when she left the store. Considering I only had 2 hours left of my shift and hadn't yet taken a break, I really needed to go to the bathroom. I told my coworker I was heading to the restroom. This was, however, apparently, not in keeping with Amanda's view of the universe. She actually began to bang and kick the bathroom door demanding I come out. I took my time, washed my hands, adjusted my hair, and calmly walked out of the bathroom. While she began to scream, I ignored her and walked up to the front of the store and took the cart of movies to be reshelved. She grabbed the front of the cart and swiped the movies off of the top. She then informed me of my questionable parentage, told me that I liked to passionately hug mothers and that I was a female dog. Really, I had no idea about any of these things about myself. I thought all that time that I was just your regular everyday college student. I could have probably gotten on television if I had known how unique I was sooner. Amanda told me that under no uncertain terms was I to ever leave the floor while I was on the clock. Again, I summoned an inner calm that would have made Gandhi proud. I forced a smile and nodded, all right. While I seemed calm on the outside, I had made up my mind that I would have my chance. No matter how small, I would have my moment. That shining moment came on a lazy and blissfully quiet morning. As it was morning, it would just be me and Amanda, hopefully, she would stay in the office and I wouldn't have to deal with her at all. When I came in, there were workmen in the back working on the elevator. One of the guys came up and told me that he needed a part and he would be back tomorrow to finish up the work. Annoying as I would now have to schlep armfuls of heavy tapes up the stairs but it wasn't the end of the world. The light of my life arrived a few hours later without a word to anyone. I stood at the front putting be kind rewind stickers on a batch of new arrivals when I noticed Amanda through the back door getting into the elevator. After the man told me that he needed a part, it didn't even occur to me that the elevator had the power on and I had a moment of amusement at thinking that Amanda was going to have to take the hated stairs. She was, above all, lazy. However, it seemed the elevator did indeed have power and worked. At least it worked just enough to go half a floor and then stop. It was just close enough to the upper floor that climbing out onto that floor was impossible and just far enough from the lower floor that climbing out was impossible. I couldn't believe my eyes. Malicious compliance activated. I couldn't entirely see Amanda as she tried to open the door and get out but I could hear her. The sounds of frustration increased until I heard the most beautiful sound I ever heard. Amanda, up. A slow smile, reminiscent of the Grinch, curved my lips. I walked to the very edge of the sales floor and called out. Yes? Amanda, the elevator is stuck, can you open the door from your side? Me, I don't know, I can't see it from here. Amanda huffed in annoyance. Amanda, we'll get over here and try to open it. Me, I can't do that Amanda. Amanda, why the enter colorful verbiage here not? Me, I'm not allowed to leave the floor while I'm on the clock under any circumstances. Amanda, are you enter another even naughtier word here kidding me? Me, you said it yourself. Since I value my job, I can't possibly go against orders. A stream of curses came from the locked and stuck elevator. I'm pretty sure I'm still not old enough for all of the things I heard that day. Amanda, call maintenance, the number should be in the office. Trying to sound as innocent and sympathetic as I could possibly manage while also trying not to burst out laughing, 
I can't do that either, I'd have to leave the floor to go to the office. Amanda, you think you're real so many naughty words funny don't you? Me, I don't know what you mean. Amanda, call Ken then. I know you know his number. Me, well I would but I'm not allowed to use the phone, remember? Amazingly, there were no curses. There were no screams. There was not even one word telling me that my parents were never married. It was silent. I think for the first time she realized that she might actually be in a little trouble. She was stuck in a position entirely of her own making with no way out of it for the foreseeable future. Amanda, op, please. Just get me out of here. Me, I'm sorry Amanda, I'm just following orders. All pretense of niceness was dropped as she proceeded to inform me of all of my imagined faults and those of my parents, friends, and any other relations I might have or think to have in the future. Then she sealed her fate, she yelled at me that I was fired. In truth, I really only planned on letting her stew for a few minutes but after that? Nah. Me, I'm fired? Okay, then I guess I'll head home. Oh, I should also let you know that Bill called and said he'd be in at 7 instead of 5. He has to pick up his brother from the airport. So. I guess you'll be in there for a while yet. I hope you've got a book or something. Amanda, what? You bleeping bleep. How the bleep do you bleep think you can bleeping do this to me? When I get out of here, I'm going come bleep you in your bleeping bleep you bleep bleeping bleeping bleep. Me, wow. Okay, yeah. Have fun with that, have a good one. I'll leave my name tag and shirt at the front desk. Amanda, wait. Me, bye. Amanda, wait. Me, don't worry, I'll lock up on my way out and I'll put up a sign so people will know we're closed. Amanda, op wait. I didn't mean it. Come back. I walked up front, and wrote out a sign that we were closed until 7pm due to unforeseen circumstances. The very last thing I heard from Amanda before I opened the door was, but I have to pee. Still snickering to myself, I locked the door and drove the 45 minutes out to Ken's house to let him know the shop was closed. Could I have gone 5 minutes to my house and called? Sure I could. Did I? Nope. Ken seemed a bit surprised to see me there. Ken, I thought you were working today. Me, oh, I was but Amanda fired me. Ken, she's not allowed to do that. All hiring and firing go through me, she knows that. Don't worry, I'll call her. I think maybe it's time to talk to my son about her. I can't keep her on with her acting like this. Me, I don't think she'll be able to answer the phone. Ken gave me a long sharp look as I tried very hard not to smile. Then I gave up entirely and just smiled broadly back at him. Ken, op? Me, yes? Ken, what did you do? Me, me? I didn't do a thing, I only followed her orders. Ken leaned down to meet me eye to eye. Ken, what happened? I gave him the full tale from her telling me that I couldn't use the phone under any circumstances to her telling me that I wasn't allowed to leave the sales floor when I was on the clock. Then I told him about her being stuck in the elevator. Ken, you didn't tell her the elevator was broken? Me, I didn't even realize it had power. Ken just stood there looking at me gobsmacked and then started laughing. I should really go let her out. He paused for a minute and looked down at his dirty hands and clothes, then up at me. Ken, but I really shouldn't leave those flowers half-planted and then I should probably take a shower. I don't want to make that drive covered in dirt. Me, oh of course not. You've got a really nice car and it'd be a lot of work to get that much dirt out of your seats and carpet. Do you need some help with the planting? Ken nodded solemnly back at me and gave another chuckle. It took probably another hour to finish planting the flowers.
Ken told me I'd be paid for the day and sent me home with assurances that I did indeed still have a job and that he would deal with Amanda. I fully enjoyed the rest of my half day off. I did hear from Bill that when he got there the elevator repair guy had just arrived and that Amanda ended up spending about 5 hours stuck in the elevator. After that day, I only ever saw her one more time. She glared daggers at me as I waved happily to her as she carried a bag of her things out to her car. Whenever I think about it, I still get a little smile on my face. Besides, I only did what she told me to. TL, DR Sucky manager suffered being trapped for 5 hours because of her poor life choices. You demanded my entire team be at the office for the 4th of July. Fine, enjoy paying for the office party. Story by the Lightning Count 1. So this starts on Monday, the 13th, as I receive an email from a VP, not over my department, or bad VP. I am told that my team will be required on the 4th. I politely tell them no that our team has been scheduled this day off and people already have plans. My team is the IT team and, as many of you know IT team gets shafted every time it can get shafted by any company. So over the course of the week, I let my team know what is happening. I let them know I have been reaching out to higher ups to fix it. I also tell them that if their plans are ruined, I will make it right at work. Over the course of three meetings, it starts to look like things will not go my way. In response, I send an email to the CEO of the company. All of my higher-ups know I was going to do this and said I should do this as he is very family-oriented and that he would not allow anyone to work on a national holiday. Well, he is on vacation in the Bahamas until the 6th. But his assistant informed me he would look at this after he gets back. Repeatedly slams head into the desk. So I tell everyone that it will be work from home and that we will be setting my cell phone as a priority in the call routing. Meaning I would get most of the calls. To be honest, I was expecting almost zero calls. Especially since I was asked to send out a notification that IT support would cover the 4th of July. I never sent that email out. A day later I was given another outrage. I was told in an email that my employees would be required to be at the office, and no one was allowed to work from home. They would be checking the door badge ins to verify we were at the office. I asked why in an email, and they said that they wanted to make sure no one was playing video games at work. We normally work from home about two-thirds of the week and video game playing is a normal occurrence at work. So I walked into the person's office. After a very long conversation where she was losing the logic war with me, she told me that it's just IT, you guys don't have lives. No, I am not kidding you, this is exactly what they told me. I reported this to my VP who said. I will take care of this. It likely won't be until after the 4th, so get creative. I know this man well. We have worked together a long time and get creative is code for corporate fuckery. I asked the person requiring us to be at the office if they cared if we had an office party. They said no, as long as it did not interfere with the call flow. Even suggested using my new company card to pay for it. Go wild. Pro tip, never tell me to go wild. At this point, it was Tuesday the 21st. I let everyone know what's up, but I have something planned. I asked who had things planned for that day. Two people told me they were planning to shoot off fireworks with their family, but the rest were planning BBQs with friends. I write up an email to the VP over my department and the bad VP. I tell them all that I let everyone know. We all were expected to work until 8pm Monday. For the conversation with the bad VP, I will be having an office party as a sort of sorry to the guys and gals who got shafted by this decision. The bad VP replied again. Thank you for your understanding. Also yes I would expect an office party if I had to work on the 4th of July as well. So go wild and enjoy your time. Use your new company credit card if you need to cover a few expenses. 
Also, I should not have to remind you or anyone else. No fireworks or alcohol on company property. So now it is time to tell you about my office. See a while back, the IT team was moved from the main corp office and into a smaller building by itself. It has a nice gaming break room, a decent-sized gym, and a full-on drink bar. Soft drinks mind you, no alcohol at work. Outback is a big patio that crosses county lines as soon as you cross a small creek. A creek that just so happens to have a footbridge over it, leading to an empty field. I start making phone calls. Monday, June the 25th. I call up everyone into an hour early meeting that morning. I explain to them all that I will be making it right. I asked everyone to invite their friends and family to the office. No supplies will need to be brought by anyone. I tell them all that this will be non-alcoholic, but that I will be planning something for everyone. I told them to expect all food to be provided and they don't need to bring anything, unless they want to bring some fireworks. E they won't have to spend a dime. The fourth comes in the entire day, we did absolutely no work. No tickets, no calls came in. Well, seven calls did come in but from the same person. The bad VP. She was calling to make sure we were manning the phones. All of us were playing video games or watching movies. 6 p.m. rolls around and everyone was told that the food was ready. People were expecting hot dogs, hamburgers, and maybe a bratwurst or two. What they got was a full-on barbecue feast with pizza and other foods. There was smoked brisket, spare ribs, smoked sausage, smoked turkey, both kinds of tater salad, coleslaw, green beans with bacon and onion, potatoes au gratin, pizza from two different places, excellent hamburgers, and bratwurst hot dogs. On the dessert, the side was cake, very good cookies, four different kinds of pies, and about two pounds of fudge. Families, and friends started showing up at around 6 to 6 colon 15-ish. Some brought alcohol but I told them they would need to leave that in their cars as I was not that crazy. Some were not too happy about that but agreed as it was a free dinner for random strangers. So let me set the scene for you. I am out there with all calls routed to my cell phone, and everyone just having a good time. We have a ton of people there just enjoying the fun night, chatting about random stuff, eating the food, and occasionally lighting off some sparklers or throwing firecrackers into the stream. My VP, not the bad VP mind you, showed up with his family and brought some water balloons for the kids. And man children. Around 8 30-ish it's getting dark and people want to shoot off more than the simple sparklers and firecrackers we had been using. The VP over the IT department had everyone cross the footbridge, over the county line and off company property mind you, and we set up a big wooden board using it as our launch pad. We fired off what we had for an hour or two, and sort of just hang out for a little while. At around this time, people were tired and ready to head home. I told people to take home leftovers, within reason. We all clocked out at 8 and no one left until about 10.30. The bad VP did call once more while we were out back at the party. It was 7.50 and she called asking for a status update. My exact words were. Well, you were the only one to call us today. The rest of us are on the back patio enjoying the 4th of July shindig. She simply acted like my boss and said as long as no alcohol or fireworks are on company property, I do not care. We ate roughly half of the food catered. The rest was taken home. A small group volunteered to stay behind a cleanup including my VP. We had a funny conversation about how this will make waves with the bosses. But he said he had my back and asked me how much this cost. I just gave him a sideways look which made him laugh. Tuesday morning, I submitted the expense report to my VP. This email would inevitably make its way over to the bad VP and up the chain to the CIO of the company. It would be a bad idea to give out the exact cost of the party, 
mind you, but I can tell you that because of this 4th of July party, new rules were put into place. Any expenses of over 4k or more must be approved by the direct supervisor or VP over the department, and the full expense report must be sent to the finance department for review after the fact. Hint, the party cost over 6k. The barbecue was the most expensive part. I did not order from a low or mid-tier place. The place I ordered from has consistently been in the top 10 in the DFW listing for the last 30 years. I ate at that place so much that I made friends with the owner. The best barbecue I have ever had. The pies and cakes were customs made by a bakery and the cookies were made by a boutique cookie place. I had 10-12 packs of Coke, Coke Zero, DP, DP Zero, Pepsi, and Pepsi Zero. I bought 5 pepperonis, 5 sausage, 5 cheese, 2 Hawaiian, and 3 cheeseburger pizzas from one place, and nearly the same number from another place. Excluding the cheeseburger ones, I subbed out those for a different specialty pizza from the other place. The burgers were from an excellent burger place that did the catering. I know that owner well. He brought his kids for the night of fun after he heard what was going to be happening. He was also the one who brought the brat dogs as he recently added those to his menu. This was the most expensive office party in the history of the company. The only things more expensive than this were some business meetings that the CEO rented private rooms in high-end restaurants. As for the CEO, he was outraged. Not at the cost of the party mind you. He knew that the party would not have been necessary if people had been allowed to go home. He was outraged that IT was the only group required to work on that day. When I submitted the log showing how we received no real phone calls, no service requests, and that we basically watched movies slash played video games during our shift, he had heard enough. He apparently sent out a scathing email about work-life balance and the importance of our holidays to every upper management. It was kind of funny as people wanted me to get in trouble for what I did, but the reality is other departments have done similar things in the past just not on the scale that IT did. The bad VP was admonished quite effectively and sent me an apology email. I forwarded it to the team with a strong hint of not replying. Then my VP let the CIO and the CEO know about what the bad VP said. You guys don't have lives. The bad VP did actually confirm she said it in a meeting with her EVP. It did not go over well. I have never heard people yelling in an office meeting like that before. The CEO of the company came to our office and yelled at her. Not sure if she was fired, but she is not at work today. In active directory she does not have the down arrow of death, so not 100% what happened to her. I know she lost whatever clout she had at this company with her attitude. If anything more happens, I will update you. But so far it looks like the fallout from this is I caused a new rule to be put in place about how much you are allowed to spend at one time. The bad VP may or may not be let go slash forced to resign. I know she got yelled at. Strangely there is now no longer any pushback for my bid to get everyone back to working from home. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.